Appreciate all she does in our school. Amen. She's a big uh, blessing in our school. Zephaniah chapter 3 is where we're at. And did you notice in there, the Bible talks about God singing, doesn't it? Notice that verse again. Verse 17 of chapter 3. It says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Interesting. God sings about us. And uh, praise the Lord for that. He joys over us with singing. Question is, why do we enjoy music? Because God does. Amen? Amen? Because God does. Why do we enjoy music so much? Because God does. He created it. He enjoys it. He sings. And the Bible says here He's singing over us. But the real question is, when we start talking about music, is, well, is there right kinds of music? Is there wrong kinds of music? Well, what makes it the wrong kind of music if it is a wrong kind of music? We're not really even talking about words anymore. I mean, we can understand what's right words and what's wrong words. The, the difficulty is, is where to draw the line with just the music itself. If it is bad music, then what makes it bad? I don't know about you, but I had struggled during different times of my life trying to understand that question. I have told you all my testimony several times, and you know that right here, 18, 19 years ago, I worked for the radio station right here in Martinsburg. You know how I got, a part, got to work at that radio station? Because I was listening to that radio station. And I was listening to, it was a classic rock radio station I was listening to. And they said, you ever wanted to be in radio? I said, yes. He said, call this number. After I called it like a hundred times, I finally got to you know, reach back. But, uh, but that's how I got to be a part of that. And uh, at different times in my life, I've had questions about music. I've, I've heard it preached so many times. Well, you shouldn't listen to rock music and whatever music the preacher wants to label right there at that point. But then, you know, me as a young Christian saying, but does the Bible say thou shalt not listen to rock music? Does it say that there's certain instruments that are wrong or this or that or whatnot? And so some time ago I was studying this and uh, uh, able to teach some folks and helping some folks and it helped me a lot. And uh, God just put it on my heart about bringing it to you tonight about music. And uh, let's walk through the scripture together and understand this, but let's go to the Lord and, uh, and then we'll continue. All right, Lord, we need you tonight. Heavenly Father, we know that you have created music, that you enjoy music. Uh, Lord, we see that in the scriptures where you sing. Lord Jesus, you sang with your disciples after you taught them what the Lord's table was. And they sang a hymn. You sang a hymn with them together, Lord. Holy Spirit of God, we see in Ephesians how we're filled with the Spirit. And then we would be full of music. Uh, Lord, as we're filled with the Spirit, we're full of, uh, of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs according to Ephesians chapter 5. And I pray tonight, Lord, you'd help us to have an understanding of music, the power of music. And uh, Lord, what is right and what is wrong, uh, Lord, according to your word. And help us now tonight not to take somebody's opinion, 
Lord, but to learn what the Bible says and ask the Holy Spirit of God to develop uh, standards in our lives. Lines that we draw to protect us and our families. And Lord, help us with this tonight, please. I thank you, Lord. I, I, I believe this is what you want, and I'm excited about what you're going to do. And I pray that you would fulfill your purpose and use me in the process. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you go to 1 Samuel chapter 16, please? 1 Samuel 16 tonight. I've heard many people say, you know, music is neutral. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't matter what kind of music you listen to. It doesn't affect you. I can listen to this type of music and you can listen to that type of music and it won't affect you. Can I tell you that's contrary to what the Bible teaches? Okay? So the, the word that people use when they say that, they say music is amoral. Meaning the opposite of moral. That it's not, it's not a moral thing. There's not right and wrong there. They're saying that it's, it's neutral. And that is not the case. Notice here in 1 Samuel 16 that we have King Saul and he is he's struggling. He's troubled with, a, with an evil spirit. And notice in verse 14, please. This is 1 Samuel 16, verse 14. The Bible says, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul... And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp. And it shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well." All right, let's skip down to the last verse of the chapter, verse 23. 1 Samuel 16, 23, the Bible says, And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Do you notice there that David wasn't singing? He wasn't singing words of the psalms that God used him to write down. He was playing with his hand. He was playing the harp. He was, it was instrumental music. And it had an effect on King Saul. Did you notice there was three ways there it had an effect? Notice again on your scripture. It says, And David took a harp and played with his hand. The end of the verse here. So Saul was refreshed, was well and the evil spirit departed from him. Three ways. I'm going to tell you tonight, these three ways that Saul was affected was spiritually, mentally, and physically tonight. Three ways he was affected by music. And again, David wasn't singing words. He was playing music. He was playing music. Notice here, it says Saul was refreshed. What does that mean? The word refreshed here in the Hebrew means to breathe or to revive. It's a, it's a mental refreshment. Okay, many, many of you would understand. You, you, maybe you had a long week at work. Or you had a difficult day, a strenuous day. Sometimes things are difficult throughout your work day. And you just, you're, just bound, you're wound up here in your mind and you've, you've worked on a lot of things. I know when I've had to make some big decisions during the day and I've done a lot of study or a lot of t- with my brain, my brain starts to wear out and starts smoking a little bit. And you can tell I'm just, 
And I got, you, got, you go home, what do you do? You sit down, you just... You breathe. Right? And you take a load off and just let your mind rest. You understand that. I understand that. Many of us have been there in the past. This is that mental refreshment that is needed. And that's what it's talking about when it says Saul was refreshed. The second thing here says, and was well. That word there in the Hebrew means to do or make good or well. And that's talking about physically feeling better. You know a lot of times when when stress is involved and that stress gets a relief, that oftentimes you feel better physically. Stress has such an impact upon your physical body. And here he was physically well. And then notice, and the evil spirit departed from him. When, When David played that harp, the music affected him spiritually by, by pushing that evil spirit away. Okay? L- listen, th- that's not fake. That's not facade. You ever, you ever listen to music while you're praying? This morning, I was praying over the service in my office, just getting ready to, to come out to greet folks, and somebody was upstairs playing the piano. Somebody, I don't know who it was, and I don't know, I don't even know what time it was. I don't even remember. But I, I know that I was just praying over the day a little bit. I, needed, I just needed a few more minutes in prayer. And I'm praying in my office, and right above me is a piano in the Smith Conference room. And I'm telling you what, it was a gospel style, and it was just, a, it was exciting my, my heart. And I'm praying through the day, and, and I'm just, I'm going through, and I'm saying, Lord, bless the, 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 the choir and the opener and the choir special, and, and Lord, would you, would you use the, uh, the song service, that it would be fill, you know, full of the Spirit, and, and, and Lord, just getting us excited. And, and that piano started to play, and I mean, it was some gospel song, and I was like, woo, while I'm praying, I'm getting excited. And I was like, Lord, yes, thank you. May it, may it have this kind of excitement, this kind of spirit. And I began to continue to pray, and it lifted my spirits as I was praying. You know, you come to church, you drive to church, and our flesh, it was so rainy today and gloomy. You know, I'm trying to preach this morning. Everybody's like, Duh. And uh, that's why I had to pull it out of you a little bit this morning. Right? And our flesh, if we're not careful, we just soak in all that stuff around us and be affected by that. And that music was helping me this morning. It was. Music greatly affects us. It's not amoral. It's not neutral. And if somebody says that, that's a lie of the devil and you know it. Let me, let me illustrate it just for a moment. I'm going to go over here to the piano. I don't mean to get you scared, but uh, I'm going to go over here to the piano for a minute. And, and let's, just, let's just illustrate this for a minute. I know all of you can't see me, and, uh, uh, but just listen to me. I'm not going anywhere. I'll just be over here, okay? All right. Let's, uh, let's just, for, for instance, turn your speaker way down. Okay, good. Let's just, for the sake of, uh, of, of instance here, let's say we're at a football game. All right? I don't, who are we watching, Brother Williams? Oh, no. He says Ohio State, right? Okay. <laughs> Let's say it's the big rival game for Brother Williams, right? Or whatever your team is, okay? It's the big rival game. And, and uh, if it's Ohio State, then it's Ohio State and Michigan, okay? And it's a big thing. You're all pumped up and you're rooting for your team, right? And, and uh, the, the band's out there and they're, they're playing and they've got peppy music going and the team is ready to take the field. And that big banner's out there and, and they're going to bust through that paper banner, right? You with me? 
You're all excited. You're ready for it. And it's, it's drumming up and all this such. And then all of a sudden, the, the, uh, the, the band stops playing, right? And as the team busts through the big banner, all of a sudden, the guy on the piano starts going... You're killing me, man. What in the world? You you with me tonight? Talking about just draining your spirit. Man, what happened here? I'm I'm ready to go. And then all of a sudden, kill me. Shoot me now. I mean, come on. We're done. Lost the game. You know that that would would put a big damper on on the spirit of the game. You know that right well. Okay? All right, now. Let's say, uh, let's, turn, let's turn it up uh, different a little bit, all right? Let's say you're at, um, well, let's see here. Um, let's say you're at your daughter's birthday party, okay? You're at your daughter's birthday party. Let's just say she's five years old. It's pretty exciting. I mean, being, turning five years old is pretty exciting, I think. It's been a while. <laughs> okay. But, but there's, there's princesses everywhere. And there's glitter everywhere. And it's all big time, and it's exciting, right? And all the friends are over, and Daddy, 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 I want to play musical chairs. What? Hear that minor key, you're like, ah! You know, the big T-Rex comes out of the closet and eats her. Music has an effect on you. We know that. Okay? Listen, many of you know that my wife's grandmother just passed away. All right? We're leaving tomorrow. We're leaving in the morning and we're hitting the road and going up, go to the funeral, and I'm preaching the funeral on Tuesday. Okay? Now, so we're at the funeral. She was a wonderful, wonderful woman. All right? Big family and she, I mean, farmhouse. They'd have people over her house. Big th- every, everybody knew her and she was lovely. She was wonderful. And she was saved and she's in heaven. Right? But it's a funeral. And I'm going to start the funeral off. Everybody's weeping and crying. <laughs> Woo! Grandma, yeah, she was a great gal. But she's dead now in heaven. Dead now in heaven. Oh, Grandma was great. You know what happened? They'd shoot me and drag me out of there. (laughs) Moving on, Pastor John. Okay. Brother Kidwell's like, I want to see that. We know that... (laughs) Amen. We know that music affects us. This is, this is not a new thing. This is not something that, well, well duh. It, it, music affects us. You know some of this music of the world that they're screaming at you the whole time. It puts an effect on you and those that are listening to it. Just as well as music that is soft and slow and pleasing to your body puts an effect on you. We need to understand these things. We had a little fun over there, but I'm trying to drive home a point that music does affect you. 
In uh, the ancient Greeks back in the day when they were uh, philosophizing and, and trying to, wisdom of men and trying to understand all this, Aristotle and Plato uh, uh, believed uh, that music had a great effect on people. This is, this is B.C. 350. I mean, this is a long time ago. And this is what Plato said. Let me make the songs of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. Because he knew that he could control people with music. Okay, they were trying to make the perfect kind of governmental system and all that and trying to think through it. Uh, again, this is, this is uh, 350 B.C. Aristotle said this. He, uh, he, he knew that people would imitate the mood of their music. And he said this. In short, if one listens to the wrong kind of music, he will become the wrong kind of person. But conversely, if he listens to the right kind of music, he will tend to become the right kind of person. Okay? Modern science backs this up. There are documented studies at the Walter Reed General Hospital, not far from here, okay? just uh, north of D.C. It, it, uh, these studies indicate that music can be used effectively in the treatment of those who are mentally ill because it has an effect. Music does affect you. Now, as we continue on here, think about where music came from. Obviously, God created it. He sings. He lo- God is the creator of everything. Devil does not create things. The devil manipulates things. Okay? So God creates something very beautifully, and the devil comes along and twists it and manipulates it to take the glory away from God. Look at marriage. God created marriage, a very beautiful thing. Even the physical part of marriage, a wonderful, beautiful thing inside of the relationship. But what did the devil do? He twists it, manipulates it. That's where we get immorality from. Right? And look what the the world's doing. Taking the glory away from God and that beautiful relationship. Right? Yes? Manipulates it. Okay? We saw there in Zephaniah that God participates in music. Obviously, we like it, we enjoy it, because we were made in His image. Okay? Go with me to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. It goes all the way back. We've had music a part of us for a very, very long time. I wonder when Jesus was coming down to walk in the garden with Adam there, and, and uh, that, that coolness, of, coolness of the day, if He was whistling a tune. You think about that kind of stuff. If God enjoys singing, and God has always been, do you think it just started in the book of Zephaniah? I don't think so. The things that we don't have recorded in Scripture that sometimes I wonder about, look at Genesis chapter 4. We see it so far, so way back in, in the life of man here. In the second part of the chapter here, Cain, we see the descendants of Cain here. Notice in verse number 20 here. And Ada <clears throat> bare Jabel. He was the father of such as dwell in tents and of such that have cattle. They're starting to develop some things, all right? They're working with animals now, cattle. Look at verse 21. And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. Wow, organ? They didn't have electricity back then. Yeah, they had other ways, okay? Verse 22, and Zillah, she also bare Tubal Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron, 
and the sister of, and, and we go on there. Okay, so when they were when they were determining when they were figuring out industry and and, and all these things of uh, of something man is going to go after and work in a field with animals and with iron and brass. That music was a part was also being developed at that point. It's way back early on, and we see this thing. David, a man after God's own heart, was a man that was a great songwriter, wasn't he? Okay, he developed his skill out there on the, in the field watching the sheep. And then God used him to record uh, much of those words that we have in the book of Psalms. At least uh, about one-third of the book. He was great songwriting abilities. There was a man by the name of Chenina. I'm going to mess it up. Chenania. Probably is not right either. It starts with a C and it's long. Okay? It's, in, it's in 1 Chronicles 15. And I don't have you turn there, but this man was a music teacher in the temple. And he, as the Bible says, he was very skillful, and he practiced it, and he taught it day and night in the temple. It was a big part of Old Testament worship. The Bible talks about the angels that sing. If you'd like to write it down, look at it later. Job 38, verses 4 through 7. God's talking about how he created the earth. And he said when he was creating it and putting the foundations together, the Bible says the angels sang as he did that. Angels are very musical and and singing and worshiping in the Lord as he's creating the earth. Go with me if you would to Ezekiel, please. The book of Ezekiel. And let's go to Ezekiel 28. If If you study about Lucifer, Lucifer who we would know today as the devil, as Satan, his angelic form, and and before he fell, he went by the name of Lucifer. And uh, the Bible talks about him and describes him in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. And uh, here, I want you to notice something in Ezekiel 28. Look at how God describes him. Verse number 12. Let's just go to verse 13. Let's go to verse 13. This is Ezekiel 28, 13. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub. That covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. He continues on here. Who is the only being that was in uh, in heaven with God that was also in the Garden of Eden besides God and the Lord Jesus? Right? It was Lucifer. That's who he's talking about. Notice in verse 13 at the end of the book, end of the chapter, it says, or excuse me, end of the verse, verse 13, the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. A tabret, if you look that up, a tabret is similar to a tambourine. You know what a tambourine is? Okay, a little, little drum thing with, with cymbals around it that you shake like this. Yes, that was that's what that's what a tabret was similar to it. Okay, and then pipes. Sometimes my mind tries to picture things. 
Is that just talking about that he's got great vo- a great voice? Or does it mean that he's physically in his angelic form has got some kind of music that comes out of him as well? I don't know all of that. But what I know is that God said that he is skilled in this. That word workmanship there literally means skill. That he has great skill in this thing. You want to know why the, why the world has such music and it's such a pull on you and your family? It's because the devil knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He understands the power of music. He understands how to use it for his purpose. And he is now manipulating <clears throat> what God has made and taking the glory away from him. Look at what he's done in the realm of music. And so Ezekiel 28 teaching us that. Obviously, music is, is supposed to be a part of our worship. Okay, You know from being around here that music's a big part. We got the choir. We got congregational singing. And I start singing as I'm preaching. Not anymore over there anymore. We're not going to do all that stuff, all right, But uh, over the piano. But uh, this morning I was preaching, just started singing in the middle of it. Why? Because God, God enjoys our music that is pointing and getting us ready and prepared for Him. That's the whole purpose of church music. I'm telling you what, I get excited when the choir is singing. When, 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 when we're, we're singing together. It is well with my soul tonight. Brother Summers, that was a powerful song. Man, it was stirring my heart, getting me excited, getting ready to preach tonight. And God was using that. Reminded me of truth of Scripture there. In 2 Chronicles, you want to write this down. In 2 Chronicles 29, you have Hezekiah, and there's a revival going on under Hezekiah. And um, the Bible here, I'm just going to read a little bit of it. It's 2 Chronicles 29, and uh, verse 28 says, And all the congregation worshipped. And the singers sang and the trumpeters sounded. And all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. He continues, he says, Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princess commanded the Levites to sing praise unto the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. And they sang praises with gladness and they bowed their heads and worshipped. I already, I already uh, mentioned it, but Jesus, as he was teaching his disciples what that Passover meal would then moving on in the church, the communion, the, the, the Lord's table, that last supper, teaching the church to do that in his disciples. When they, were, when they finished eating, they went out and sang a hymn together. The Bible says that in the book of Mark. The book of Mark says that, Mark fourteen twenty six. It says, and when they had sung a hymn, they made their way to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus Christ, allowing music to be a part of even that, that church age there. Now, because of salvation, the Bible teaches us that we have a new song. Amen. Notice that wording, new song. Okay? Flip with me, if you would, over to Psalm 40. Psalm 40. On your way there, I want you to consider... Psalm 40. I want you to consider... Some scripture that you already know. Are we a new creature in Christ when we get saved? Doesn't, doesn't the book of, 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 is it 2 Corinthians that teaches that? 1 Corinthians that teaches that? It's 2 Corinthians 5, isn't it? 2 Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things becoming new sounds like every part of it. Sounds like even our music would become new, doesn't it? 
Look, uh, look here in Psalm 40. There are so many scriptures that talk about our new song. Look at verse, uh, let's just start reading in verse 1. This is Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me, and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. That's salvation right there. Amen? I was, in, I was in a horrible pit, and he put me upon a foundation, his foundation, that rock on which I can stand forever. And notice, after salvation, look at this, verse 3. And he hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Look at this. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. How do people see a song? How do they see it? Are we not new creatures? Don't we, have a, don't we have a new spirit about us when we get saved? Doesn't our music begin to change? Don't we get convicted about our ways of looking and sounding and all that of the world? And people begin to see the way we act and the choices that we make and the music that we include. And they fear and they turn to the Lord. Yes? What's that Bible say there? Uh, and trust in the Lord. Amen? God can use... A testimony of a new believer to bring other, believer, other people to Christ. Several times in the scripture, he talks about a new song. Several times, many times. Let me read some other ones of, of, to you tonight. Psalm 98 says this, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. For he hath done marvelous things. His, his right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Isaiah 42 says this. Isaiah 42.10 Sing unto the Lord a new song and His praise from the end of the earth. In the book of Revelation, it's mentioned a couple times. And in Revelation 5, verse 9, the Bible says this, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For Thou wast slain, listen here, and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. They say, we're saved by the blood. God brought us out of the world. And they sang a new song. They sang a new song. Now, I, I looked up the, the word for new there. And in the Hebrew and in the Greek, the Old Testament and the New Testament, it means the same exact thing. It does not mean new as in the time period in which it was written. But it means new as in the character of the song. Okay? And uh, it's new in quality, new in freshness. And God certainly changes our music when we get saved. Amen? Amen. Satan and this world tries to glorify the flesh rather than glorifying God. Okay, we... Uh, we understand this. We can look at several scripture, several uh, instances in the scripture to understand this. Uh, remember when Peter was talking to Christ, and and uh, remember he says, "Get thee behind me, Satan." Okay, listen to what he says. Matthew sixteen twenty three. He says, "But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offence unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men." Can you imagine that? Can you imagine me turning to one of these guys on the platform and saying, Get behind me, Satan! That's powerful words there. But the devil was trying to 
put the focal point on man and flesh instead of on God. Galatians 1.10 says this, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Interesting. Now, music in our country, in, all, in our culture, there are many types, many different cultures in this world, but think about American culture. Okay? Um, um, and, and, and from our American roots, obviously, we have, uh, we have many different places that America, the people came over. First of all, in, in the beginning, of course, we had the, the, uh, the English uh, uh, colonies that were settled. But then we also had some German and Dutch involved in that, right? You had the Spanish from the south. You had the French from uh, out uh, that came down from Canada, right, and then down down that uh, Mississippi and down there in Louisiana and all that. Some different cultures there, but music. There was a classical sense to music, but where did all the music that much of the world thinks about today? Uh, this 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 rock and roll, this blues, this jazz, this this other music that is such so influential in our world today. Where did it come from? And when, when we study history, and you can, you can read about even secular musicians, they know the whole story and they teach this. Okay? There was a time, obviously, when all kinds of cultures are coming into the United States. If you, if you remember back early, uh, early on in, the, in the, the colonies and all that, the slave trade was a big deal, wasn't it? Slavery was coming into the country. And uh, in most places... Because of, of, the, of the Christian background there, other cultures and such, the, the slaves and different people that were brought in, okay, were not allowed to, uh, to do their own music and their own religion and their own practices, but they had to conform to whatever was in that place where they came. But there was a place in Louisiana, and Louisiana was mostly French at that time, and the French were Catholic. And Catholic means universal. And, and the folks that came in there, uh, and I'm speaking, and again, I'm not trying to make this a racial thing, I'm speaking of history here. But much of the African uh, nations that were brought in over that point, they were not told that they could not do their practices and, and their religions and their rituals and their music, and they were allowed to. Uh, Catholic means universal, and that includes everybody. Okay, and you, what we find is, and, and again, history teaches us this, and even secular musicians understand this, that from early on, music in the Louisiana area and that realm was different than the rest of the early states and the early colonies. And uh, that's where, uh, if, you, if you read about it, that's where a lot of jazz comes from, a lot of blues comes from, the early parts of rock and roll and these different things. What was it? Well, if you, if you read about it and you study, the voodoo religion that was deep infiltrated in the, comfort, the continent of Africa came over and was allowed to continue in the Louisiana area. And during that time, there was even, there, there's even a place called Storyville. You read about it in history books and, and look up this stuff. Storyville got into place for a place that people would come to be immoral. And the reason why Storyville and the music was associated so much is because the type of music that they were playing set a certain mood 
for an establishment to make more money. The voodoo religion has certain beats and rhythms in it that are different from classical music, from other music, from different music that, that, um, uh, from other parts of Europe and other parts of the world. Voodoo music has some beats and some rhythms in it. It's very uh, satanic at it. If you, if you don't know about, I, I don't, wouldn't even want you to study about it, but if you, if you had to or if you came across it, you'll notice that the devil's in that thing. Voodoo is about demon possession and all that. And they'll circle around somebody, some body, and they call on evil spirits to possess this body. And what does it do? It throws the body in water and tries to drown it. It throws it in the fire and tries to kill it. It it does all these things. And the people around have to literally pick the body up out of the water to keep it from drowning. Because the devil's about destruction and about destroying life. Much of the influence of, of that music in Louisiana came from that voodoo religion. It's not the only thing, but as much of it was. And those, and those rhythms and those beats had a great effect upon it. Again, uh, worldly and secular musicians. I read, I've read in my studies of this much of what they had to say. I'm going to quote some here in, in, in a minute. What, what, are you, what are you talking about, Pastor John? How can a beat really make that big of a difference? Well, let's illustrate it. Let's pick, let's pick a church song for a moment. Let's pick a song out of the hymnal that we would know well. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That song has rhythm in it. Okay, I'm going to teach, I'm going to go into depth on this in just a minute here. But three parts of music. Melody, um, harmony, and rhythm. I've told, talked to you about this before. Rhythm is in every music. Mu- rhythm is the the motion, the movement of music. There is rhythm in what can wash away my sin. Okay? If we were trying to speed up the rhythm, we might, we might emphasize a beat for a moment to try to speed it up. In, in, in music, especially our music in the hymns, oftentimes that beat is put in specific places in the beginning of the measure and the third beat of the measure if it's a 4-4 measure. And it would be like this. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Right? So the rhythm, we want to speed it up, we just go faster. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So there's rhythm there. Now what happens if you take that rhythm and you tweak it just a little bit? It gives it a whole different feel. Okay? Follow this for a minute. What if I take that rhythm that beat, and I change it from the beginning of the measure, and I put it on the second beat of the measure instead. Does it change it? It certainly does. Listen to this. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Pastor John's dancing on the platform. I am. You know why? Because I just changed the beat. And what did that put focus on? My body. Made my knees start dipping. Do you hear it? There's a difference between what can wash away my sin then. What can wash away my sin? Nothing. Man, you got me moving again, right? You with me? 
I'm not, I'm not here to tell you. God didn't say that that kind of beat was always wrong and all that. I'm not here to tell you that. I'm telling you that rhythm makes a difference in the music. It puts a feeling on it. Music is so connected to our emotions and our feeling. And God made it that way. And when we take something that God made and we, could, we tweak it, we've got to be careful about that thing because it really has a big pull and effect on us. Okay? The world oftentimes emphasis, has the wrong emphasis on music. Uh, in, um, you know, the world tells you, Brother uh, Williams was just talking about it in Sunday school today. The world is always telling you to chase your heart, chase your feelings. And God says, no, your heart is wicked. You're sinful. We are sinful. And if we follow our heart and follow our feelings, we're going to throw truth out the window and go into sin. God says your heart's deceitful. Okay? But the, but the world's always telling us to go after our heart. Go after our emotions. The heart is that seed of your emotions. He's telling you to chase after that thing. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, please. Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians 5, we're talking about the filling of the Spirit in verse 18. And after you're filled with the Spirit... In verse 18, we see verse 19. The filling of the Spirit brings song to your life here. Look at here, verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Okay, so psalms is scriptures. Uh, Hymns would be a song that gives praise and honor to the Lord. Okay, great is thy faithfulness. Yes, how great thou art, that's a hymn. And then spiritual songs are songs of testimony, right? Um, uh, Since Jesus came into my heart, that's a, that's a spiritual song. That's what he's talking about there. And then notice, singing and making what? Melody in your heart to the Lord. God focuses on the melody. And oftentimes the world changes that right around. There's three parts of music. I told you that again. Here it is. Melody, harmony, and rhythm. Rhythm does not have the emphasis in the music that we have here at the church. God puts the focus on melody in the Scripture. He says it uh, a few different times. He says it here in Ephesians 5. He says it in Isaiah. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. This is Isaiah 51. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. In gospel music, it's usually what is heard the most. It's the louder part. The melody is important. We got to hear the melody. The melody is the main tune of the song. Okay, what can wash away my sin? That's the melody. That's the notes jumping around there. Well, what what do you mean about harmony then? Harmony would then be different notes. And let me go back to the piano real quick, just to help us. Melody or melody is the tune, right? So if we were if we were playing, um, that's your melody. But you could add notes to that and have a structure of chords, right? And you could add notes and. Now there's different notes there that are making it sound sweeter. You with me? Okay. 
there's different notes there, and, and it makes it sound sweeter to the ear. You know that when there's a quartet singing, that oftentimes it sounds really neat because there's different notes. There's three and four different notes that are being sung there in a, in a pattern of a, in a, in a chord structure, and it sounds really good. It's not that a, a solo sounds really great, too. I mean, Miss Tara, thank you so much. I appreciate that, right? But sometimes when we have groups, we hear uh, harmony in there. It makes it sound good, too. Melody is the main tune of the song. Harmony makes it sweet to the ear, and then rhythm keeps it moving. The thing is, is that rhythm is not emphasized as much as melody. God always puts the emphasis on melody. But the world flips that around and puts the emphasis on rhythm, doesn't it? I know I look like a fool. But isn't that what the world does? Sometimes you listen to music and you can't even understand what they're singing. Because the emphasis is on the rhythm. They probably sang 20 words in there, but you have no idea what they are. Because the emphasis is on the rhythm. See how, God, see how the devil takes something God created and he twists it, manipulates it. Be careful on that thing. Because it is affecting you in ways you don't even realize. It's pulling on you and changing things. And it sets a mood for you. And we're not even talking about words. You know that if you play country music backwards, you get your dog back, your wife back, and your truck back. (laughs) You know that's true. And we're not even talking about words. We're talking about music. You know what? Country music came from folk music that didn't have a lot of, good, good, uh, lot of rhythm in it. And, and it was guitars and a lot of harmony, some banjo, some other things like that. Fiddle, banjo, and, and, and guitar and all that. And then what happened? They started introducing the rhythm of the world and it started making it more like pop country instead of folk music. And changed it, didn't it? Big time, and it has an effect on you. I wonder why it's so popular in the world today. Music has such a great, great impact on us. All right? How many, I have a book here, it's The Battle for Christian Music, and I just wanted to read a couple quotes out of it. Martin Luther in the 1500 said this For whether you wish to comfort the sad, to terrify the happy, to encourage the despairing, to humble the proud, to calm the passionate, or to appease those full of hate. And who could number all these masters of the human heart, namely the emotions, inclinations, and affections that impel men to evil or good? What more effective means than music could you find? All right, here's a a modern day quote here. This is Little Richard. If you know who that is. Little Richard. You said, yep. Got all his albums or something? You want to give it? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Brother Martini, taking me back, brother. Taking me back. All right. All right, Little Richard here. He made it plain. He says, my true belief about rock and roll, and there have been a lot of phrases attributed to me over the years, is this. 
I believe this kind of music is demonic. A lot of the beats in music today are taken from the voodoo, from the voodoo drums. If you study music rhythms like I have, you'll see that this is true. That's what little Richard said. Okay, a couple other quotes here. Here's, here's a secular musician. I didn't write his name down. The sensual part of music is usually referred to in terms of its rhythm. It is the beat that commands a direct physical response. Here's another one. This is, again, a quote from secular musicians here. Rhythm is the element of music most closely allied to body movement, to physical action. Its simpler patterns, when repeated over and over, can have a hypnotic effect on us. When Michael Jackson was asked why he did such filthy, sensual hand gestures on stage, he replied this, It's the music that compels me to do it. You don't think about it, it just happens. I'm a slave to the rhythm. That's what Michael Jackson said. Okay, So, we understand that music has an effect. We know that the devil is using it. Okay, But where do we draw lines? How do we figure this thing out? How do we say this is right and this is wrong? Obviously, in this message, I'm trying to help you understand that there is right and wrong. But Brother Shank over here is going to draw a line maybe differently than I would. And, and where I would draw a line, Brother Newman might draw it a little differently. And Brother Gewin might draw it a little differently. Brother Horton might draw it a little differently. And God allows us to draw lines for our family for a reason. You know, I have a lot of worldly background and worldly music in my, in my background. i got to be careful where I draw my lines because some of it's going to take me back to a time that I don't want to be a part of. And that I shouldn't be a part of. Where some of you don't have that kind of background... And so some of your music lines aren't drawn exactly where I am. Well, how can that be right? There's plain black and white in Scripture. Is there? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This is what I, that God has helped me with. This is, this is what the Scripture that God gave me when during my life when I was trying to figure out what to do with music. Because it's difficult. Even in this church, I'm talking about Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church. We have great music here. And even in this church, some of you say some of that's wrong and some, and, and some of it's right. Some of you and say, well, well, I don't like that, but I like this. We're all going to draw our lines a little different. Myself, as pastor, it is my responsibility to make sure the lines are drawn for the church. But I have to draw lines for my family as well as you do. And it's not for me to come and judge on you and say, wow, your line's wrong. No, you do that before God. But it is my responsibility to teach the Word of God. And I've tried to teach you tonight that we see in 1 Samuel 16 that music has a great effect on us. We see that music has different parts and how the rhythm greatly has an effect on us, and how Satan has used that for his glory, and to take the glory away from God. Tonight, I'm going to use a passage that we could use for many, many things, but this passage helped me in music. Okay? Verse 31 of chapter 10. I literally printed this verse out, and put it by the knob 
on my radio in my car. I'm telling you what, I was a teenager, 19, 20 years old, trying to get right with God. 20 20 years old, trying to get right with God. And I printed this out and put it on my radio in my car. Look what it says. You know it. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. So, that's for the Holy Spirit of God to teach you. If you want to know the truth, He'll teach you. So as you're listening to music and you say, is this right or is this wrong? I challenge you to pray and quote that scripture. Whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Holy Spirit of God, is this music wrong for me? If, you, if you're not bothered by it and you have a peace in your heart and you're enjoying it, then it must be okay. But if you're seeking the truth and you're listening to something and you're talking to the Lord, you say, Lord, I want to know, does this glorify you or is this about my flesh? Then He will convict your heart. I truly believe that because my God is faithful. You want to know how to draw your lines? Ask God. Whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. I'm not talking about being fake and saying, well, the preacher likes this, so I'll just do this. I'm talking about you talking to God, saying, Lord, does this bring you glory? God used that verse in my life to help me. Again, my line's going to be different than yours. There's so much more, and... uh, I don't want to take you too much longer. I don't believe that God wants to either. There's so much more about music in Scripture. How music is to the Lord. You look, look at some of these passages in, in, in Ephesians and in Colossians. How we're supposed to make melody in our hearts to the Lord. Now, what about instrumental music, Pastor John? I listen to a lot of instrumental music. Sometimes when I'm studying in my office, I just turn on some instrumental music without words. Because I don't want... I don't want my ears to be caught with, with words and going a, uh, in a thought. I just want to have music that helps me. Okay? This morning when I was praying, it was a piano that helped me. It wasn't words, it was a piano, right? I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to have those, those, those words there. I listen to a lot of instrumental music. But there's a lot of instrumental music in the world that will lead you astray. When I was trying to get right with God, there was a big thing called techno. Well, they make computer sounds and all these different beats and all these different things. And, and uh, I mean, I'm telling you what, and they just do it on a keyboard and add computer and all that stuff. Ask Brother Williams. He probably knows all about it. He's techie. I'm just teasing. All right. His wife's like, yeah, he knows all about it. Amen. And that's, that's instrumental music. But we got to be careful. What's the emphasis? God, does this bring you glory? Obviously, David played with his harp. Didn't sing and had a great effect upon Saul. We know these things. There's so much in Scripture that I, I tell you, go look at, at, at song, Psalm 28, 7, how my song will, with my song I'll praise Him. Go look at Colossians 3, 16, where, where we sing these songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Uh, go, uh, go look at 1 Corinthians 14, 15. How I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. It's not vague. It's not just out there. It's for a purpose. 
how, how the, uh, the music has emphasis in the message too. Sing forth the honor of His name. Make His praise glorious. Psalm 66 too. How it's supposed to feed our spirit. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. How we're to be dedicated to the Lord, not, not to ourselves. And really, honestly, the whole, the whole purpose of this message tonight is to show you that God says music affects you greatly. And when you draw your line, draw it where God tells you to draw it. I'm talking about a heart that honestly yearns for what God wants. Did you know, okay, so we, we talked about this music over here to the left, right? Sorry, to your left. Okay, world, right? Loose music, worldly music. What about music that's too far to the right? Is there such a thing? There's a lot of music that's dead. That has not the Spirit of God in it. You've heard it too. Way over here. I mean like way over here. Like, It's just like, You ever been somewhere and they start off the service and they're like, let's sing this song from like 1392 and it's, and you're like, kill me now. It's, it has no power and it has no excitement to it. And you're just like, man, what in the world? Drag me out of this place. Like, let me get a song about get, being saved and get a little excitement going in this thing. Woo! Since Jesus came into my heart. Woo! Come on. It's exciting. There's a lot of music that is dead and has no life in it. And people are trying to, they're judgmental about everybody else's music. And they're so far over here that they got no life in it. Music is not on the page. You realize right here, come on now, do you realize this is not music right here? This is not music. This is just a guideline of how we wrote it down. Music's right here. Music's right here. As it comes out for the Lord. That's music. God, help me to draw the line in the right place. What brings you glory. Whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Let's bow together. Lord, help us with this thought tonight. Lord, I know I didn't say this group is right and this group is wrong and all that. And Lord, it's not for me to say all that. It's for us, Lord, tonight to say, what does God want from me and my family? Where do I draw the line from my family? Lord, I pray that we would grow in this area of music and understanding, Lord. What a powerful, powerful thing it is, music in our lives. And how it has such an effect even on our children. Moms and dads choose a song and the kids, because of of certain aspects of the song, memorize it and sing it. Lord, even entertainment in the world and movies have songs in them that our children are memorizing and it's such an effect on them. Such has such an effect. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to think on these things and challenge ourselves with the Spirit of God and say, does this bring you glory? Lord, may we be faithful, God's people tonight, and bring this matter of music to the altar and say, Lord, help me to please you. Help me to bring you glory. Church family, would you stand with me tonight? I'm going to ask you, if you mean business with this thing, wanting to get right with your music,